Have you ever thought about what's happening to your data online? There's a big conversation stirring about what's happening to our data. Big data, social media companies, corporations. It's really interesting. But what's also a big part of it is that we're not getting paid for our data. Don't you think you should make some money off a company selling your data? Today's guest on Dr. D's social network is Jeff Berman, the founder of Cocoon, which is a, a browsing platform that actually pays you to browse. And not only that, but is working on technology and geolocation that will pay you to drive and to move around. That sounds like the future, but it's actually here. Let's learn a little bit more about that with Jeff Bermant. born back east in uh, New York and came out to California uh, to play tennis. I was a top-ranked tennis player nice. uh, and uh, decided um, I wanted to go to Australia and play tennis. And my parents were like, no, you can go to California. That's as far as it goes. <laughs> right. Right. And then I was recruited by USC. So I played tennis at Southern Cal. And as I like to say, I was one of the greatest bench sitters of all time. Oh, okay. Yeah, did a lot of bench sitting. Even though, you know, our teams back then um, were ranked either one or two in the country. So even being on the bench was an honor, so to speak. Yeah. You didn't see much playing time, but uh, it was still an honor to be on that team. It's a high-level team, clearly. Yeah, yeah, very much so. So then after that, I uh, uh, went into the real estate business because my family was in the real estate business. Actually, my dad is a sh was a shopping center developer. And I thought, well, that's a great path. Uh, but I went into brokerage because my my dad advised me that if you're going to understand something, you have to understand marketplaces. And a broker versus you know running a shopping center, you'd understand a marketplace much better. So I ended up with, I was lucky I got a job with Cowell Banker, which is now CBRE, which is, mm -hmm. I think, the largest brokerage company in the country. Back then it was Cowell Banker. And they've selected very few people. I was really lucky um, to go to work for them. I was uh, finally became a, a salesman, and I was lucky enough to be uh, best salesman of the year for a rookie. Uh, my first year, my second year, I was top ranked in the Valley office when I worked for, uh, believe it or not, I worked for Tom Selleck's dad. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that was kind of an honor. And then I went out and broke out and decided I wanted to do my own thing. I made some money in the in the brokerage business, and I formed my real own real estate company. I partnered with a great guy out of uh, the San Fernando Valley, a guy named Bob Voigt. And we built some projects together, and then Bob decided he didn't want to be in the Santa Barbara area. Uh, he was smart. He realized that the restrictions were really difficult. And I, on the other hand, liked the challenge. And so I built my business, my real estate career, developing office buildings, uh, not much retail, some condos, housing in the Santa Barbara area. 
And then I decided, oh, I'm bored with this, which is always a troubling sign when you get bored with something. <laughs> right. And I decided I wanted to get into the tech world, not even knowing how to turn on my computer. Mm. So, <laughs> so talk wow. about challenges. The first challenge is, uh, you know, I had to ask my son, well, how do I turn on my computer? <laughs> wow, so, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I quickly learned. Uh, and the first thing you have to learn is all those acronyms because they're all yes. different, you know, between real estate and, uh, and uh, tech. So I was totally lost at the beginning. Yeah. What did you think when you first got into the tech business? Like what was surprising to you beyond just the nuts and bolts of it? Uh, well, over time is interesting. Over time, I realized that versus real estate, this is really, a, I think, a great observation. But real estate is very straightforward. You don't get a lot of, um, I'll say, um, sort of kind of, I'll say, fuzzy, fuzzy people that have things to offer you that don't come th through. And in real estate, it's, it's a lot straight, more straightforward. You have buildings to sell, you have brokerages, you have leases, everything's pretty cut and dry. And in the, the tech business, it's a lot fuzzier as to who's really good, who do you believe. Hmm. That is a challenge in itself. Hmm. Dive deeper into the, well, the, was that a challenge for you? Because you were so used to kind of this concrete thinking related to real estate versus really having the digging in the weeds of like, who's actually, you know, good at this or how do we navigate this? Yeah, yeah it was a real problem. And still today, I finally have learned, uh, no matter what anybody tells you, go check out their reviews, do mm. a deep dive, ask for references, uh, do all those types of things because, you know, everybody comes and tells you a great story. And then, you know, I've, I've run into a lot of times where they're taking your money, and this is advice for everybody out there. First of all, somebody tells you, you know, they, they can set you up with a bunch of money or, or uh, yeah. VCs or angels, uh, and they start asking for money up front. Uh, you got to be very careful with that. In fact, I have a policy. I would not do that. Um, as, as it turns out, there are a lot of those people out there that have those kind of, they say, connections, and you just end up spending a lot of money, and, and I still learning this lesson, but I've now learned the lesson. And my first words out of my mouth is when they tell me how great they are is okay. I got to see your reviews and give me some references. What are their reactions to that usually? Well, if they're on the up and up, um, I had one case just a month or so ago and if they're on the up and up, that's great here. Sure. Here's a couple of references for you. Here's a telephone number. You know, I can go do the research now uh, on the reviews. Yeah. And I had one one guy last just a month ago who everybody was touting as great. Not everybody. One person was touting as great. And when I got into it with with, you know, looking at his background, I found out he had a lot of complaints about him and a lot of non-performance. And, you know, then he defended himself as to why that was. And it's like, no, I'm going to I'm going to take these. Uh, these reviews and just run with them because it's more than one. If it was just one review, that's maybe different. But if you have 10 reviews that say that, I don't care what you tell me, yeah. I'm not going to hire you. Yeah. I mean, doesn't that seem, if you get a big body of evidence that it's not very good, it probably isn't good. Yeah. <laughs> you 
Yeah, that's exactly right. But it's a lesson to learn. And in the real estate market, it's not like that. You don't have those kinds of really issues. Uh, most people are very straightforward and either they have a good track record or they don't. Mm. And it's not, it's not as, um, I'll say fuzzy. And that's the best word I could use. Cause I don't want yeah. to use the tech world of being, you know, uh, you know, sandbaggers or anything mm. like that. But, um, it, it is, that is a, a, a feature of the tech world that is way different than the real estate world. Right. Now, did you have an idea of like where you wanted to fit in within the tech world once you got in or was it kind of a process? Well, it's interesting. I, I got in and it was funny how I got into the whole thing is, is my son was in college at the time and we would drive back and forth. He went into, went to school in Colorado. So we drive back and forth and I got really interested in the navigation and, you know, the navigation would tell you to turn right, turn left. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, let's make fun of that. And, you know, let's jazz it up with some swear words and other things like <laughs> you idiot, you missed the turn, things like that. And I thought, well, that's a kind of a creative idea. And so I asked a couple of friends and they said, well, you know, I don't know. And they were in tech and they said, go see this guy, Brian Fox, and he'll tell you if it's a good idea or not. And Brian is a, is a world-class um, software developer. You can look him up on the web. He's well-known. I think he built uh, one of the first ATM systems. Of, I think it was Wells Fargo in the country. He, and he wrote Bash Shell. So he's, he's pretty famous. So I took it to Brian, and Brian looked at me, and after a few minutes he said, oh, no, I don't think that's going to work. And he said, do you have any other ideas? And I said, well, you know, one of the things that bothers me is all the people who know exactly what I'm doing on the web or are sending me stuff and I'm getting mail from people I don't know and yeah. I'm opening things up and getting a virus, you know, typical stuff. This is 10 years ago. Oh. And, you know, it has, the world hasn't changed a lot in 10 years. Unfortunately, human nature tends to want to open up things that sound good to them. Yeah. And, you know, they get all types of bad things happening to them. So with that, we decided to build a, a browser that would combat those types of things. A browser would be secure uh, it would not give up your identity. Um, it would be in the cloud so that you could surf away. Nothing would be on your computer. Uh, no history on your computer. We designed this. I spent, because I was you know, pretty wealthy from the real estate business, I'm unusual, a fair amount of money building it, only to, to get my first lesson in, uh, in the business, which was, wait, I came up with a great idea, but I have no way of marketing this because... I hadn't realized this took me two or three years. And mm -hmm. I feel like I'm dumb now to realize that advertisers were not going to pay me. I wanted to, a browser usually needs to be free, but no one would pay me for this because um, they couldn't see where people were going. And I was like, Oh my God, <laughs> spent all this money building something that worked really well. It was great. But uh, how did you get paid? And you can't build things. Uh, and the market, as you know, and as I learned, it doesn't have an, uh, some sort of monetary scheme to it unless, yeah. you know, you're you're just giving it as a nonprofit. And even nonprofits like Firefox, they've got to earn money or how are they going to pay their employees? Right. So lesson learned after I hate to say how you know, stupid I feel, but after many years, I realized, well, that that's just not a path to go down. And so I was just about to close the company down two, three years ago, and, and 
I had another fun discussion with my son and he said, you know, dad, you know all about building browsers now. You've been through the ringer. He said, have you ever thought about collecting and selling people's data for them? Hmm. And I thought, oh my God, what a great idea. I know how to build a browser. Uh, I love the idea of helping people make money. And I realized after doing a little research, and I will tell all your all your listeners, research is really key. Don't come to an idea without doing your research. And when I did my research, all of a sudden I realized Google, Facebook, uh, advertisers, all these people are taking advantage of the user and the user isn't getting paid for their data. And that's what the light, light bulb turned on. And when I decided, hey, what, let's do something that helps users if we can make money at the same time, what a great, what a great idea. Yeah. And I, I came across, it's, it's called Cocoon, right? Yep. Cocoon. Well, and it's now Cocoon was a secure browser and it's called Cocoon My Data Rewards or MDR. We may rename it eventually, but for now yeah. we just thought hook it on to Cocoon because a lot of people did know Cocoon and it's MDR My Data Rewards, meaning you'll get paid for your data. All right, so I downloaded it for sure once I knew you were coming on because I was like, I love this stuff. And I was wondering if you could provide kind of a cross reference to, you know, there's other, all this speak, this is new to me in the last couple of years. So now there's like Brave, there's DuckDuckGo, and I've heard of yours, Cocoon. What's the difference between those type of browsers? Sure. Well, um, of course, the typical browsers, and, and we'll talk about the mobile in a minute. The typical browsers take all your data. Let's t let's take Chrome as an example. Okay. They know everywhere you're going. Your search pages, I, I realized or I read yesterday that the average amount of search pages a day is 30. 30 searches a day is, is the overall average. Uh, and your browsing is probably 10 or 15 where you actually click on a site. And what's really going on behind the scenes is Google or Yahoo, whatever you're using as your search engine, which is different than your browser. They're collecting all that information. Uh, and in the browser, they're actually collecting exactly where you go. And they're using, in, in Google's uh, model, they don't actually sell the data. They actually give the data to advertisers who then know that they'll put advertising on, it's a, it's a great model, uh, advertising on uh, Google and they'll get paid through the advertising. So when you go put something up uh, on for advertisement, Google uh, charges you for that AdSense, charge you for the advertising, and they're using all of your data, where you go, what you look at, as the model to send to say to an advertiser, advertise to this guy, you got a pretty good chance he's going to buy something. Mm. So that's the that's the Chrome model. Now, Brave has a, a different model, which is where they basically don't allow any advertisers to show you anything. And then they say, well, do you want this advertiser to show you ads? So you're on the New York Times or whatever you're looking at. And if you say yes, then Brave says, well, you know, Mr. New York Times, pay this customer some money and he'll look at your ads. And so that's the brave strategy. Mm -hmm. My strategy with uh, my data rewards is totally different. And that's why I've had to separate basically two browsers out, which is one that will pay you and the other, which is super secure and no one knows what you're doing. That's not a paid model. 
that that's just you know it's a great consumer model, but it doesn't pay the bills, doesn't turn on, keep the lights on, or anything of that right. nature. So yeah. the difference in our browser, it's pretty simple. All those sites you go to, uh, they have a monetary value, and it's mostly in bulk, meaning that you know advertisers they don't get your. It's still anonymous. They don't get your name, address. They get um, a, a token. Uh, not necessarily associated with you, and they pay us a fee, and then we pay our customers. It's usually 70, 80% goes to our customers, and we take 20 to 30%. So therefore, the customer is now the winner because they're paying for their data. And as this thing builds, we're just in the embryo stage, the more customers we have, the more we can go sell that anonymous data to other buyers of the data and the more money the customer makes, and we make a nice profit along with it. So we're on the same side as the consumer versus just taking data and using it for ourselves. We're saying, hey, you should get paid for your data versus uh, just giving it away. And uh, and proof is that this world's coming around to that, is you'll see now that uh, Amazon just announced that if you tell Amazon where else you're shopping, uh, they'll pay you for that data. Huh. Just started, just launched, uh, I think it was announced yesterday. Wow. That they're starting a program. So it's becoming more and more evident that really the key holder should be the customer who's doing, you know, 90% of the work. If I told you what it costs to run a set of servers for, uh, you know, for customers, it's peanuts. It's nothing. Right. So so the, the user for years has been, I'll say, getting ripped off. And that's maybe not a good term, but it's being taken advantage of. And I'm like, no, there's a different way of doing this. Let's do this differently and see how it works. That makes total sense. And so looking into this a little bit deeper, so if the consumer says, I'm going to get paid now for my browsing or looking at ads and things, what's the monetary value of that? Like how much could a consumer actually make on, on a scale of things, you know? Yeah. So right now, and this is just, we have one buyer so far, we're about to line up another buyer. And and, and part of this is uh, um, the amount of users that you have. So you really can't get, it's it's kind of a chicken and egg. You got to get a lot of users to get paid more and more. But today I would say our typical user who's active just on browsing, and we haven't talked about geolocation, which I think Mm -hmm. is way more exciting. Um, it's normally, um, nine to $20 a a month. And that's, you know, if you do, um, 3000 pages, it's a couple dollars. And if you do, you know, 10 or 11,000 pages, it's, uh, somewhere in the eight to $10. But what's, what's changing is the mobile. So we launched the mobile browser, but we also launched in the browser or in the mobile app, a geolocation. And that's very exciting because we've been testing this and it looks to me like, uh, and I'm just finishing my review of this, let's say a trucker drives 60,000 miles a a year. Mm -hmm. He could make anywhere from 600 to, we'll say gross before we take our piece of the action, six to $900. And so, you know, all of a sudden that pays for Christmas uh, at the end of the year, he's made seven, six, seven hundred or five or six hundred dollars after our cut. And if you, you know, 
uh, truck driver is doing a hundred thousand miles, um, you know, he's, he's maybe taking home twelve hundred, grossing twelve hundred dollars. So that's where it really starts to get exciting. And this is our first buyer. So once we start really, you know, lining up buyers as we get more and more customers, chicken egg, uh, you'll get paid more and more. And so for the typical driver, and I'm just finalizing the numbers now, it's anywhere from if you drive 10 to 12,000 miles a year, all you got to do is turn this, you know, browser, this app on in your car, mm-hmm. and it will start recording how many miles you're going, how many, you know, geolocation. Huh. It will just pay you. And it could be from, my, my guess, it's anywhere from $130 a year to $300 a year for the average user who's just driving his car, doing nothing. I mean, you don't have to what? turn on a browser. You don't have to do anything. <laughs> how we'll does that, wait, how does that work, Jeff? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's kind of magical. It's fun. It's really fun to have figured that's this out. That's weird to think about. <laughs> yeah, well, it turns out all that data, you know, when you get in your car and uh-huh. it says 15 minutes to work, right? yes. how many times do you see that, right? Oh, my gosh, yes. They know where you're going. They know how long it's going to take you to get there. And they're recording every, every, basically every 150 meters, every three or 400 feet, they're recording what they call an event. And the event is, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that it means a route you're going on. It means what stores you're seeing that are, you're going by. You may never even go to those stores, but advertisers and hedge funds, it's a group of people are willing to pay you for that data. Whoa. And, and it's just crazy because all of a sudden, I literally, I've been driving around uh, with my app on, and it's Android first only, uh, and I'm making money just doing absolutely nothing <laughs> but nuts. driving. That's yeah, crazy. Wow. I mean, and so this is just Android. When do you expect the like iOS version to come out? Uh, it's going to take us another three months. I, I have to get, um, I've got to raise some more capital. Once I've raised a little more capital, we'll get started on that bill. We have a few th- things to do on Android that need to get fixed. Android was a very difficult build uh, because the new Androids didn't work like the old Androids were, mm-hmm. meaning that um, they would not record your your data uh, in, in in a forward foreground, what we call the foreground. They would do it in the background, which meant you didn't get paid very much. But we figured out how to get this so it's active all the time when you're driving. Now the negative to it is it may be draining your battery some, but if you're making, you know, $20 a month and it's costing you, you know, 30 cents to charge your, your, you know, your uh, mobile battery, mm-hmm. I would say it's well worth, you know, putting a charger on when you're driving around and collecting a bunch of money doing nothing. I never heard of this before. And I, I stay up to date on a lot of this stuff. And I was like, Whoa, geolocation, getting paid for just driving. Like I always wondered like that whole thing of like, Oh, you're 20 minutes from this or, you know, say they, you know, you're going to, let's say you go to the same place regularly at a certain time. It's like, how does it know that I'm going here? Like it's seen you before it's, it is, it is monitoring you. And, and, you know, they talk about there's no privacy in the world. I, I have to agree with them. The only privacy you, so for instance, if you get in your car and you have your car phone on, there's no privacy in that. I mean, yeah. you know, they, they can find you. I mean, just think if you did something wrong, the police could say, oh, your car was parked there at, you know, 1115. They would be able to see that. That wouldn't be hard. And here's what, here's the funny part. Until we came along with this idea, there's some other people who've kind of 
come along with something mm-hmm. similar. But us working with a, a brokerage company that sells us data, um, most people, the, the, the odd part was your, like your apps, they're sending this data all the time. So everybody is, well, a lot of companies, how they make money is selling your data, right? We all know right. that. Even something as simple as, um, uh, what's the name of the uh, music thing that uh, sells your, uh, that you you know, you, you hear music and it, I'm trying to think of the name of that. Uh, and it will tell you what song it is. Oh, I know. Is it like Shazam or something yeah, like Shazam. that? Or, Thank yeah, Shazam. Yeah, I had a uh, brain blip there. Shazam, right. perfect example. Well, Shazam has an SDK in it, and it tells, it sends that data to be sold all the time. So that's the reason why Shazam is free. Remember, there's nothing free in this world. I mean, I hate to Correct. say that, right? <laughs> and so you are the product, as they say. Oh, but, yeah. Right? But it's it it's not going to harm you. This is not data that's going to harm you in some way. I mean, some people I have cases about browsing and they're saying, well, I don't want anybody to know where I'm going. I, I totally get that. And my opinion of that is either use Cocoon Secure or go get yourself a VPN. I mean, yeah. one of the two, right? Yeah. Uh, and even then, I hate to tell you about the VPNs. They anonymously may sell your data as well. Not all of them do, but some of them do. But uh, yeah, your data is being sold. And the way I look at this is you're the missing link. You, the customer, the missing link. And my position on it uh, is that you should get paid for your data. It's just ridiculous that yeah. all this data is floating around and you're worth, in my opinion, eventually thousands of dollars and you're getting ripped off by all these people. And that ripoff's not the right term. It's just been part of the, the uh, I'll say, the world in, in, in Internet that your data is valuable to somebody else and they just didn't let you in on the secret. And now it's time to let you in. Now, uh, Andrew Yang, who ran for president, he's a, he's a perfect example of a, uh, of a um, guy who, who sees this and he's been pressing Google through his campaign to pay customer, pay users, customers for their data. He has I the data see, dividend project. I'm part yeah, of that. I signed up for it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I don't see that. I mean, it, he could have some results because he is who he is. But frankly, Google has 1.5 billion users. And I, I don't see them. You know, the way they'll cave to this is a guy like us that comes along and challenges them. Well, I think, you know, that, that could change things. And if there's a bunch of us that challenge him, well, you know, that really could change Google. But I, I don't see Google doing anything in this way or very small way. But we will. And then that's the that's what makes, you know, things like this grow big is the other guys won't do something and you come out and say, look, we'll pay you for it. Right. Now have you have you encountered resistance from other cert you know, web browsers or things about doing this? I mean, I've seen there's other browsers now doing it similar but is there like a controversy related to this well the controversy would be if um it would only be if you don't want your data sold and that's easy enough to do you can use our browser or you could use our app and not sell your data but you know the way i look at it is why would you i mean just stick with yeah. whatever you got be honest just stick with whatever you got if you don't want to sell your data or you could use ours, but I don't know what the purpose would be of using ours, except for Cocoon Secure. Yeah, you could go use ours, which is not available these days. We've kind of taken it 
down from the market and we're going to revamp it. And then we're going to eventually kind of uh, put it in with Cocoon uh, MDR so you can have best of both worlds. You can be private and you can also uh, make money in different different ways. So you know, when you want to be private, you're just private and you go, I don't have, I don't need privacy now. I might as well make some money because there's two sides of us, you know, with all those people going to incognito on Chrome. Yeah. Well, the funny part about incognito is it's hiding you from your home or from your family members, but it's not hiding you from, you know, Google or Chrome. They know exactly where you're going. Wow. So currently in Cocoon, it's it's ma- it's mainly the money making option that you're a- have yes. out there currently. Yes, that's exactly right, and that's okay. uh, I think is the big focus. And I can tell you, uh, just by seeing the amount of people coming to sign up just in our tests, this is you know got some real legs to be very successful and and make money for people. Yeah. Is it a cash payment that is for this, or is it more like a, a gift card? What's that process? I am a I am a cash guy. I believe that you sh- you should not be paid in uh, funny money, any kind of Bitcoin. I like cash. So what we've done is our model is built on pretty simple PayPal. So when you sign up for Cocoon, you also sign up for a PayPal account, and every month, it's first forty five days, it's, it takes a little time. And then every month we send you a check into your PayPal account for your earnings. And um, the desktop, I want to be absolutely brutally honest honest with people. Uh, the desktop does not pay as well as the um, mobile. And that's because there's a different set of buyers. Uh, you'd think, well, uh, it's all the same. It's not the Yeah, same. that's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Desktop buyers are regional, meaning that, for instance, this is a problem. If you live in the United States, well, you can sell your data within the United States. But if somebody comes from France and wants to you know, use our browser, the, the advertisers are going to reject that because they're going to say, well, you know, we don't do advertising in France. We only do the United States. In mobile, it's totally different. The world is like an open oyster. And you could be almost anywhere in the world and your data is valuable. So mobile, in my opinion, is going to be the prevalent way of making money. And particularly with the geolocation, because you could be anywhere, drive your car and get paid for your data. Doesn't matter where you are. Somebody's there to buy your data. Now, maybe in some countries where we don't have PayPal, I won't be able to pay you, but that's, yeah, that's, you know, Iran and a few countries, you know, North Korea, so, you know, I'm not going to be able to pay North Koreans, but we're not going to do business with North Korea either. Yeah, so. yeah. What about like, I mean, this may, I'm obviously not going to be as much as driving your car, but, you know, there's a lot of people who are like running with their phones or, you know, they're doing some type of physical activity. Would that count as well on the geolocation? Absolutely. Um, I ride my bike. I'm a cyclist mm-hmm. and I'm making, <laughs> I'm making money while I'm riding my bike. And it's, not, <laughs> it's not a lot of money. It's in a penny or two. But still, it's, you know, I mean, you think a penny or two doesn't sound like a lot, but just take 12,000 miles right. for your average without not including walking. But if you just take, you know, 12,000 miles times, uh, let's just be conservative and say 0.01 cent, that's $120 for the year. That's uh, divided by 12. That's 10 bucks. You didn't, what are you doing for $10? You're, you know, you're, 
to driving your car a month. It's just so people who are, you know, who are long distance travelers mm-hmm. and, it, and it might be between one and two cents. We, it just depends on, on uh, I guess, who's buying the data. Uh, so I don't know exactly what it's going to be, but I can, but we're getting some idea. It's like one to two cents. Wow. So, so is, big, oh, it differentiates between like, does it differentiate between, I mean, it's exploding my mind between like air travel versus car travel. Tell me how deep is this on that? So it, 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 it's very deep. Um, your air travel will never count. Okay. Because that, that's kind of like cheating. You know, I right. went it's over a ton of miles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A ton of miles. And all of a sudden, you know, 3000 miles in one day or 4,000 You're not going to get paid too much now. <laughs> you're not going to get, well, first of all, first of all, you have to have Wi-Fi or some sort of cellular on. Right. Right. So, you know, that's not that they don't have it now, but it, you know, you're going to pay them $16 to be on cell and you're going to make, and I would, I don't know what's going to happen because I'm not, the, I'm not the uh, end all buyer. But my suspicion is they're going to nix those guys. They're going to nix all the guys that, you know, have a VPN that keep switching from France to U.S. to something yeah. else. Those are not going to be acceptable. We already know that. And, and unfortunately, people try and take advantage of the system, which is just a shame because I really don't want to have yeah. to monitor and kick people off. But you just wouldn't believe it out there that some people want to play so many different games with you yeah. to make money, and, and it ruins it for everybody else. So, so travel is not. But I can tell you, there, for instance, there is a difference in 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 uh, freeway miles versus local miles where you're driving on the surface street, passing by by stores. Okay. There is a difference in payment on that as well, and I don't know exactly the formulas yet that. They, they pay on it's very complicated but you know we're seeing one to two cents two cents you know for local driving where you're not on the freeway and you're going to the market and one cent if you're on that freeway flying by things hmm. so it, it is pretty deep i mean they these guys yeah. have got it figured out but that's because they got it figured out because they know you know you you're you're going 15 minutes to work huh Wow. And now imagine once you expand to iOS, I mean, that's got to be a larger share of the market than Android or no? No. um, No? Actually, no. Actually, worldwide, and and we are worldwide, but worldwide, um, it's about um, 60% or maybe even a little more that's Android and 40% is, is iOS. So it's actually a bigger crowd in Android. Interesting. But for the U.S. market, sure, it's more like, you know, 60%. I don't know exactly the numbers. Maybe it's every reverse probably then, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I would say it's reversed. And I'm excited, but I'll tell you what, we had a real experience of building this. This was not an easy build uh, to build the, the browsing. So remember, what we do is on top of on top of what your, um, your geolocation is, if you're using your mobile to search things out and you're using MDR, you'll also get paid on those, you know, on those sites at, that you're going to. And that could be, you know, if you do a thousand sites or a thousand pages a, a month, that could be $3. If you're doing two or 3,000 pages, could be $9. doesn't sound like a much, but let's say it's $9 and $10 you're getting paid on your mobile or on your geolocation. That's $20 a month 
yeah. that you really didn't do much work for. You, you didn't do you anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is this is the big secret that Google and these guys really don't want to share with you. Andrew Smart, he knows this, what's going on. I know what's going on. Um, you know, God bless Google because they're, you know, they're a great company in many ways, but they're not necessarily about sharing money. Amazon taking the first step by saying, we'll give you some money for telling us where else you went. What do you, mm. where else did you shop? And so that's a great thing for us because it's waking people up to the fact that your data is valuable. Wow. What's the future of this? I mean, this is happening currently and it's growing, but where do you see this all going if you stay in it long-term, 10, 15, 20 years? Yeah. Well, it, it really depends on, you know, on, on people taking this up. Uh, but just like anything, you weren't used to making money some way and all of a sudden you get a chance yeah. to make money this way. There'll be more and more people. Now there'll be people in the United States, like, you know, if you're a billionaire or a millionaire, you might say, nah, $20 is nothing to me, right? So those might not be your customers. A truck driver or, you know, somebody who's who's middle income or even lower income, this is a, could be a big deal to them. And as I said, we're just at the embryo stage. My goal is is for the customer. This is what I love about the, about the business. It's not a fight between me and the customer. We're on the same team. I'm trying to get the most money for your data and, and sell it to the most amount of people. So once we hit like a million people, I can start selling this to Experian, to other people that your data is already being sold to and make money for you. And so the future of this, it's hard to quite tell, but I think there'll be uh, you know, millions of people that will say, well, I might as well cash in my data because uh, I'm not getting paid for it and everybody else is getting paid for it. Right. And the, it looks, sounds like the, the amount of revenue you can earn will grow more as you get more buyers and more people get onto it. Is that the, the, the crux exactly, of it, really? Yep. Right. Uh, exactly. The more people we have, uh, the more sellable that data is, the more attractive it is. Uh, and and you, somebody's going to say, well, who is buying all this data? Well, it's all types of people. It's hedge funds, advertisers, uh, institutions. Um, those are the main prevalent. There are probably others I haven't thought about medical, although we don't sell medical. That's the one thing we don't do on browsing. We don't sell uh, adult sites information. We don't sell Right. Um, medical, we don't sell financial. So any of those things that you're doing, you don't have to worry about that being sold to anybody. We we will uh, filter that out. So we, we're better than Google in that way. I, I don't know what exactly Google's policy <laughs> right. is, but, but our policy is we don't sell that kind of data. Right, right. I'll tell you what, this is really eye-opening um, that I've heard of getting paid for you know, you're searching, but this feels like the next level of it. The geolocation thing is is crazy to me. It's like you're literally doing nothing. You're doing the same thing you were you've been doing, but getting paid right. for it. But getting paid for it. And and no harm's coming to you. They already right. know. I mean, as I said, every phone in America tells you, Hey, twenty minutes to work or there's traffic or whatever it is. So they know where you're coming and going and they're recording all that. And as I said, you know, if you have some apps on your phone. It's, it's more than likely one or two of those apps are actually selling your data already. 
So there's no reason why you shouldn't go, well, I should cash in on this. Why is Shazam making all the money? I'm not picking on Shazam. I'm just saying, yeah. wow, you should be making the money instead of them. And we figured out a plan that works for both of us. So, yeah, we'll grow. And our goal is focus on the customer. That's always my goal. And I hope that never changes, that this is about you, not about us. It could be about us by making you a winner. And therefore, we're successful as well. Amazing. I had the same, by the way, I had the same same position in my real estate business. I wasn't the richest guy in the world, but I was very honest. And I always tried to help my, I didn't even call them tenants, my customers yeah. for a win-win so that they were happy, they got what they wanted, and, and we made money along with them. You think that's an industry that's going to see some big change, real estate, with everything that's going on? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, buyer habits have already changed, so a lot more online. Therefore, the shopping centers or the, the destination shopping centers, I think, will always do well because if you, you know, uh, Mall of America, for instance, that's yeah. just a destination on itself where I want to go to the mall and enjoy my couple days there and I'll shop. Other malls may see some, you know, emptiness. COVID is making it unusually difficult uh, that will return to normal in a couple of years uh, probably and the, the the one to watch right now is the office building market yeah and I'm already I'm already being since I'm in the office building market I'm already seeing some changes where companies will will downsize there's no doubt about it yeah there will be downsizing the question is how small will they get because yes there's a phenomenon of working at home but there's also this craving to go back to an office. Mm -hmm. So I see this kind of a mixed kind of bag where maybe it will be something like you're home for two or three days and you'll share a desk with somebody else and that will save the company money because that's a big expense. Office expense is a big expense. Um, but um, so you will see some, some different trends in the office building market, but it will adjust over time. Yeah. Uh, it, it sounds very reasonable, actually. Um, I mean, to Some think markets that things, will, get you know, hurt, will get hurt more than other markets. Our market, for instance, is a very small market, very intensive market. I see some. I already see some downsiding. We have one tenant, one company come to us is thirteen thousand feet, and they went from thirteen thousand feet to three thousand feet. Right. And so they said, "Yeah, we're just going to leave our employees at home." Yeah, I mean. It's fascinating times we're in, and what you're doing with Cocoon is uh, really uh, mind-blowing. I know the listeners are going to be, I know most people don't know this that I know. They'll be like, what? I want to get paid to drive around, <laughs> you know, yeah. do those things. So, yeah. so three months we can look out for the next mobile version, iOS, and uh, so maybe February-ish, January, February. Yeah, uh, I'm thinking probably March. Sometime March? Time, so March. Yeah, we get through the Christmas days. I have, I'm in a capital raise, so if anybody really likes what we're doing, uh, you could go to, um, boy, I don't know the name of the website. Hmm, what is the name? We're just starting crowdfunding okay. uh, this month, and I and I made it, so maybe off air I'll give you the, yeah. the website. Uh, because um, I decided that, you know, investors are they're kind of, I don't know, I don't know. And I'm like, well, consumers would know this. So what we decided to do is, even though I've put in a fair amount of money myself, my wife is now yelling at me saying, you just can't keep doing this. <laughs> right. So we, we got to go raise some money. 
Uh, and I decided, well, let's make it the minimum of $100. So it's not a big risk to somebody to go, hey, $100, you know, if I'm making 100000 a year or 50000 a year, $100, yeah, I'll skip my, you know, three ice creams and yeah. put it into Cocoon and see what happens. That's a good idea. I, yeah, yeah so, you got to give me that website and stuff so we can, uh, yeah. I think it's totally feasible for a lot of people, honestly. Um, oh, it's, amazing. this is, I am so excited and, and I'm really excited for people because, uh, you know, the, the look on their faces when they're getting a check, is just amazing that they didn't do anything. And they're waking up to the fact that their data is valuable. People have been saying it. Most people don't know it, but it's time to wake up and find out, hey, my data's got some value to it. Any other information, um, you know, as we end here that you want to get out there to the listeners? Uh, So if you're interested in the mobile uh, or the desktop, um, and and it's desktop for for, uh, Mac as well as for um, uh, PC, you would go to try, T-R-Y, cocoon, C-O-C-O-O-N, trycocoon.com, and you would just... Come on our page, read about us. And then, as I said, we have Android available. That's with the geolocation. That's going to make you the most amount of money. So if you're lucky enough to have an Android, come over and see us and start making some money on your data. And uh, otherwise, do the desktop. You won't make as much money there, but you'll get the feel for what we're going to be doing as we expand. Awesome. Jeff, thank you so much for being on. It's been a pleasure. And man, tons of information. Uh, which is awesome. So thank you. Fun fun to be with you and fun to be able to share uh, what I think is a phenomenal opportunity for people uh, for the future. It's just, uh, it's mind boggling, even to me, who's kind of invented it, yeah. to, uh, to realize how big this can be for people and how, you know, somebody in Nigeria, we have a lot of people from Nigeria signing mm-hmm. up, can actually make a few dollars and maybe it pays for their phone bills. Right. That's incredible. Oh, and one last thing. We are eventually we are eventually going to have a nonprofit. In other words, you're going to be able to donate to your nonprofit, your favorite nonprofit. Mm-hmm. Eventually we'll be building that in. Because a guy like me, I don't really need 20 bucks. But uh, and I shouldn't say that, but because we'll probably need all the money we can get these days. But <laughs> right. I don't need 20 bucks. I will give it, you know, I give my money away anyway. So right. you know, give it to a nonprofit that you love. Most definitely. Jeff, thank you so much. Uh, Pleasure to speak with you, and we'll be in touch. Okay, great. Thanks. Thanks very much. So let me ask you something. How do you get your news? Because I know you want to stay informed with what's going on here in the world. There's so much going on on a regular basis. And it's something that's been a problem for me personally. And I've been searching and searching and searching, and finally, I found a news source that I think all of my listeners are going to love. It's called The Donut or the dose of news useful today. The founder and CEO, Peter Nowak, is a good friend of mine, and when he turned me on to it, I was just blown away. Finally, a daily news source that delivers succinct and factual news about all the world's occurrences, and it's an easy access to finding things that you just want to get information about. And it also serves up a lot of positive news stories that you won't hear anywhere else. It's your daily reminder that there is good in the world, even if it doesn't feel like it sometimes. So get the donut, stay informed. It's 100% free. You can unsubscribe anytime. Visit thedonut.co or text donut to 66866 to sign up today.
Thank you for listening to this episode of Dr. D's Social Network. Make sure you listen to future episodes. Also, please make sure to rate and review My Dad's Show on Apple Podcasts in the Rate and Review section. Thanks, everyone.